Hello trainers, Taco Dog here. The following episode might be triggering for some as it delves into a very traumatic experience that happened to me during the time that we were not recording. I do want to let you know that it is my coping mechanism to kind of make jokes out of traumatic experiences that happened to me. And it is no way a method of taking a, a jab at people that have experienced traumas in the past. So with that being said, I thank you all for your understanding and your patience. And let's go ahead and start the new episode. Hello trainers and welcome back to another episode of Enter the Dragonair's Den. As always, I am Taco Dog 8, joined by my wonderful co-host Jet Force Gemini. Welcome back from the beautiful land of Texas. <laughs> yeah, it is true. Um, so I know that we've kind of been gone for three weeks now. Our last our last episode was September the thirtieth, according to our podcast program that we use so i guess it's we'll go ahead and jump into a little bit of a life update i got hit by a car on october the 3rd and <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> oh man i love i love how i love how the lead in is like so i got married but uh first i got hit by a car well see i wasn't going to lead with the happy part i i wanted to go in <laughs> chronological order okay so on October 3rd, I was unfortunately involved in a car accident while I was on a bike. And then that Saturday, I ended up driving to Texas because my wedding was exactly one week later. And so in less than or in about a week, I went from, oh, my God, I think I'm about to die to this is the happiest day of my life. You really you really were capitalizing on the full range of emotion there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our podcast where everything is going to be an emotional roller coaster and you will laugh and cry possibly within the next five minutes. Hopefully. So that's that is what happened. Thankfully, I'm okay. If you've followed me on Twitter, you've seen the the minor damage I had. I w managed to walk away with just some cuts and scrapes and one broken finger, which I am thankful for. Could have been a lot worse. It's, just it's... a small PSA. <laughs> Always look twice for bicyclists, please. We just want to get home sometimes. I mean, heaven, heaven forbid that people actually obey traffic signals. <laughs> <laughs> Step one. Step one, stop at the red light. Step two, don't hit the cyclist. <laughs> Step three. Everyone makes it home. But I'm, I, it was a very scary situation. I know I'm, it's been three weeks since the accident, and I just been downplaying it. And when I got back to Texas, everybody was wondering, like, oh, my goodness, what happened? Are you okay? And which side am I not supposed to hug you on? And I said, look, I'm hopped up on painkillers right now. You can hug me as hard as you want because some of these family members I haven't seen in since before the pandemic of Pokerus 19. Yeah, you, you can you can get over anything pretty quick when it's all the people you care about most in the world in one place. Yeah, that's that is the that's the important thing. So with the life update out of the way, it is now time to jump into some PvP news from Niantic and Sylph. So for starters, we finally have an official season five start date. Well, not date really, but the Self Arena has come out with a post on their official server saying that Season 5 will begin January of 2023. I anticipate that it will be the usual month-long cups. However, as of this recording, the, ep the Season 4 
season. I had like had a brain fart for a second <laughs> trying to call this thing. I was I was gonna season four season. I was gonna give you roadmap if you wanted it, but season is fun. Oh, you have yeah, <laughs> roadmap that works too. The unfortunate part is with the season. It was season four taking just over a year to complete. The question now becomes, are we still going to do the eight self cup season with regionals and then go in the continentals and then worlds and try to fit that within, you know, nine, 10 months? Or are they going to run a shorter season with five or six self cups, the seventh month being regionals, eight being continentals and ninth being worlds? Honestly, I don't know. I'm not part of the self arena team. So we'll just all have to find out when they publish the roadmap, whenever they get around to it. You're just a lowly community manager. I am a simple taco talking about what he enjoys, Pokemon, tacos, and Flygon. But Flygon is also a Pokemon, but he's better than all the other <laughs> Pokemon, so we have to put them up there. But I mean, it, so it, it's it's one of the one of the things we speculated about, right? Like January just is kind of one of those natural choices when it comes to starting a new season fresh. And if you just kind of omit the one month that we took off from the kind of start ish of last season, it's it's not gonna look all that different. Like you're you're really looking at maybe one month longer of regular season then, right? Like we went we, we went through to July this time, so maybe we go through to August. I do kind of enjoy them choosing to start in January versus in October because if you live in the United States, you will have basically three major holidays that are on the calendar within three weeks. And if you have, say, 72-hour tournaments or remote tournaments, kind of getting to schedule around certain times because sometimes the the countdown timer can end on a date that you are like, oh my gosh, it's Thanksgiving or it's Halloween and there's parties tonight. And life yeah. kind of gets in the way. Well, and then even even with Sylph is kind of putting themselves in their own way a little bit where they've done a couple kind of spot events now with one day notice. Granted, the, the second one didn't really actually happen, but uh, like with the, what, what do they call it, epic raids? And then oh yes, throwing throwing Zorua into the spotlight hour where they're, they're kind of back to their old... Niantic selves of the day before. Oh, hey, guys, this thing is happening tomorrow, by the way. It's like, we're going to dangle this in front of you. And then, oh, wait, we don't know how we're going to implement it into the game. So we're taking it away. But the Aussie, the Australians, you can keep them because, you know, you're like our guinea pig. I mean, that's that's so, all that's all going to get fixed. And hopefully it's something we could really talk about next week. But like, just it's it's really more the spirit of we finally have kind of talked them into giving us actual event calendars decently far in advance like even if we don't know exactly what the community days are we know when they are so it's not all of a sudden the weekend before and they're like oh yeah by the way it's next week because (laughs) you know we we do want to play but we also you know have life events and stuff sometimes yeah and i'm actually really glad when they announced the community days the minute I see it, I put it into my phone with like a one hour notice. So I'm like, oh, wait, there's something important happening today. If I'm like not at work or something, 
So I'll just kind of go out downtown and play, try to play down there. But unfortunately, with my bike being in the shop for a little bit, I feel like Misty saying that, honestly. <laughs> I'll get it back eventually. He kind of beat up Ash until he gives you a new bike. Is it bad that the person that was working on my bike when I left it at the service shop was named Ash? That's that's all bad news right there. I Yeah, I don't know if I'm getting that bike back. We'll put a poll down on in the comments like, will Taco get his bike back? <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> That can be our our sub question of the month. (laughs) That's true. Is Ash just going to string Taco along? Find out next week. Please bring bike back. Please bring bike back. Bike did nothing wrong. Please. Actually, no. I'll kind of go back to the bike for a second. So I was very excited that I was thinking to myself, oh, I only broke a wheel, so I just have to get a wheel replaced. And then I take it, and the mechanic goes, you need to replace your fork. And for the people that aren't bike savvy, the fork is the thing that, like, attaches from the front wheel. I said, wait, are you serious? And he took a ruler and he measured it from the top of the handlebar straight down to the floor. And he's like, you see that? And he pointed at my left, the left side of the fork. He's like, that's not supposed to be bent like that. I said, I honestly never noticed that, but okay. So, so what you're saying is you had a loyal steed that really took the brunt of your impact for you. The, the two wheel, two wheel taco mobile will never forget its sacrifice. Do you, do you name your bikes? I do. I name. I used to name my cars too. Like the one that I, the car that I had that I sent to the junkyard. I affectionately named it Junkyard Taco, and then so the stick shift. I was used a, to was have. It was a posthumous name. No, I I named it Junkyard Taco because I would go to the junkyard and uh, scavenge parts so that I can put it into the car to make it run better. Fr- Franken Taco. You know what? That's honestly a better name, but I stuck with Junkyard Taco. And I'm okay with that. And then my the I had a stick shift car, which I named it Stick Taco because I am not very creative with nicknames. <laughs> and I was also I was also 21 at the time, so <laughs> we'll go with that. I definitely do need to kind of give it a or not give it, but come up with more creative nicknames. Dare, dare I ask what what this bike was named? Two Wheel Taco. Oh right. Oh, I, I I just I assumed that that was more euphemism than name, but no, I named it Two Wheel Taco because it had two wheels and I'm Taco. So yeah. Does that mean with the new parts it'll be Two Wheel Taco 2.0? Yes, actually. <sighs> good, 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 good. I don't know what I name it yet because they said because the bike is green itself, but the way that they're saying it, the replacement fork is going to be black, so it's going to have this green and black kind of pattern on it. And Franken Taco, it's really not they're really not junkyard parts. So really camo taco. I could just call it John Cena, maybe. <laughs> ba, ba, da, ba. And his name is John Cena. Da, 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 da. You see, we've we've already okay. made progress in your naming conventions this has been good this is this is a community question for this week is what do we what should taco name the bike that he gets back if he ever gets it back from the bike shop <laughs> yeah part one will he get his bike back from ash part two name of bike yeah but i did kind of also know that if there's one lesson that you learn on the internet it's never let the internet choose the names of some things bikey mcbike face yeah i was just about to talk about when they named the boat Bodie mcboat face it is very hard to say that name with a straight face i mean most boat faces are curved so <laughs> that's a bad pun but i love it ah <laughs> uh, so open tier <laughs> <laughs> yeah so enough about the 
the the life updates let's get into what <laughs> the people came for before they show up at our houses with pitchforks and torches open to you well i can i can talk about what i learned these last couple weeks while you were away <laughs> what did you learn while i was away i i learned that a team that isn't at least half ready to do damage to altaria is no team at all and is altaria that much of a force in open it it really is and then that's that's kind of been the the piece that I hadn't totally put together, apparently, with the shakeup from the move update and combined with the way that the restricted pick works now, where it's just the, the one and done, is that there's, there's quite a few cores that, especially around Altaria, if you don't have at least two answers for, like, if you get out of alignment, like, it's, it's very easy for things to snowball poorly. And I had a, a couple opponents who were more than happy to uh, prove that point to me. Gotcha. Sounds like it was a very punishing time while I was away. <laughs> it just wasn't the same. <laughs> we needed we needed the moral support, is what I'm hearing. Someone else had to lose so that you could win. <laughs> someone someone had to get us fired up. <laughs> but that's what we had our teammate donut for. Yeah. Or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he's always fired up, so. There, there is that, but as far as the, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this sentence. It was, it was, it was like whenever there's people like actually out of communication, I feel like the team just works differently as a social unit, and I think that just has more effects than are easy to describe. Gotcha. That that does honestly that does make a lot of sense when like. It's like in the work, like if you're working at a job and you have this buddy that you met through work and you guys like vibe really well and then that person leaves for bigger and better things and it's like, you know what, this kind of isn't the same working here. So I think I'm going to peace out as well. It turns out it wasn't the job I enjoyed. It was the company. It was the Uh, the, the uh, people I surrounded uh, myself with. The company. I had to I had to walk that back for a second. Yeah, we had to stick the landing. I can most certainly try. That's all I'm going to say. However, kind of looking at the the open tier and it's I guess the word for putting it is tomfoolery. I mean, if we if we start at about 4, the thing that stuck out to me is you apart from our matchup, uh all of the teams down to pair 7 were 1 point games which is which is, is true pretty nuts like that's that's 14 teams that evenly matched so like, that's i i can't say that i've ever seen that especially in open tier i think open tier is kind i know open tier like we said this before open tier you kind of have those i think you said it best too open tier kind of has the the teams that they really don't belong in open tier, so they're going to beat up on everybody until they get to the tier they're supposed to be at. And then you have other teams that are just kind of like dipping their toes in their wire and they're going to get them they're going to get slammed around a couple of times before they find their identity or they're going to get dropped from self entirely and the unofficial buy then becomes the official buy. By the way, that also happened in bout end of bout 4 beginning of bout 5. Yeah, about about four was when they stopped setting lineups all together. So it was just like, okay, well, I guess they're done. Yep, but it, you know, stuff like that happens, and there's not much that can really be done. All I can say is thanks for coming and trying out Sylph factions. Hope you had some fun, or if life commitments kind of got in the way, hey, I think the Sylph arena is nice enough to let you come back. Maybe I don't know. I've never been fired. 
<laughs> I've never been forcibly ejected from self, so... <laughs> I've never been forcibly removed from a tournament either. I just, like, try to gnaw it out till the end. Even if I go, like, two and two and three or two and four in a six-round tournament. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever dropped out early either but we do have to address something sad that happened in our faction we finally got staff correct oh yeah in about five <laughs> so we had we had a good run yeah so i hadn't brought this up in a while but unfortunately if you don't set your lineups you give two points to the opposing team and your team receives zero and unfortunately on our team that happened and y'all aren't gonna believe how many points we lost by during that bout exactly two points so you know it might have mattered it, it did it stung a little bit honestly <laughs> I mean, not to not to make not to salt a wound or anything, but yeah, it just it continues to be a thing that you should, in fact, set your lineup. Even if you don't really have, if you have four Pokemon that you're gonna use and the other two are just filler, that's fine as long as you have something. But speaking of that, since I got put back in the rotation, I have to set my own lineup. So I'll do that after recording this podcast. <clears throat> yeah, and and we got uh, we got kind of the the rug pulled out from under us with our opponents this time. So we really have to. Hit the team builder did. after this, and we'll I'm we'll, scared. <laughs> we'll 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 leave it at that for now. Don't want to give away too much. That is true. I am very scared as to what is. I'm very scared as to what is going to happen. But you know, I fought I fought tougher opponents before, and I'm gonna do my best and try not to get three would again. Yeah, you just you show up with uh, what you're comfortable with, especially since they have no history yet. So. You get to you get to set the pace here. I can't show up what I'm comfortable with. Flygon is banned. The the rest of what you're comfortable with. <laughs> if I can't use Flygon, I don't know if I can pull off wins. Very sad. <laughs> uh, take these but broken wings and learn to fly again. You almost had me break out in a song there. However, one team you. I thought I know you will, but not not today. One thing that I thought was really interesting is over bouts five and six. SoCal Swablu's C team dropped two games. One was to the Triple T squad, and they told me what their name was on Twitter, but I forget. <laughs> I, I mean, I've just been consciously making the effort to call them Turtle Squad. I think if we go to their, well, they have a squad. It's the Tappan Turtle, the Tappan Turtles, Turtles Squad, is what their. They're calling themselves. Right. Turtle Squad. So I, yeah, so I just missed a T somewhere. So the Turtle Squad managed to take down the Juggernauts, the San Diego SoCal Swablu, and then the Nebraska Winter Vortex took them down the next week. Jet, I don't know about you, but I think the Tappan Turtle Squad is going to be like one of those teams that can very well run away from or run away with the entire <laughs> faction if we're, if we're not careful. Well, and I like how it took beating uh, Winter Vortex, uh, Swablu SD, and the Bad Mewtwo's before the Turtle Squad got to be the team on top. The whole the whole way through, they were the underdog, they're... even in the top pairing. Yeah, and they're the only undefeated team left. They don't win by a lot, but when they win, watch out. Uh, and I mean that that's really the thing that gets you the points that matter are those wins like it doesn't really matter how many games you win as long as you win your bout right you, you don't however, you don't have to slam dunk everyone you just you just <laughs> slowly make your way through and maybe you sweep the whole open tier that way and you go straight to copper because I, I do want to point out something that's interesting or a little interesting 
If they lost one game and they had 15 points total, they would be behind Stadium Elite Silver, Nebraska Winter Vortex, or sorry, Northeast Battlers Winter Vortex. I think that's like the third or fourth time I've said Nebraska. But can you blame me? I'm I'm in the yeah. Midwest. I see NEB and I'm yep. like, it's Nebraska. <laughs> oh, yes, those Nebraska players. <laughs> And then Pioneer Valley PvP. If they had the same amount of points as Turtle Squad, they would be on top of them because they have 84, 82, and 80, 80 battle wins respectively. And the Turtle Squad only has 76. So as long as they don't tie with anybody, they're going to come out on top. Now, with that being said, I want to fight them and try to beat them. But th- that's for another day. And I mean, for the most part, they don't have a whole lot of those top teams left to play even. Um... Because they're, they're fighting Pioneer Valley PvP, and then after that... They could, I guess, Stadium Elite Silver is kind of the one other consistent team that they haven't played yet. Right, and but Stadium Elite Silver lost to Bad Mewtwo's, and Bad Mewtwo's lost to Turtle Squad. So if they were to fight, and they very well might fight, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very like eleven to ten fight is what I'm thinking. Well, and it's it's just kind of interesting how it's uh, kind of turning into a round robin of the top ten teams up here with a, f- a few exceptions, obviously, where um, some other teams are still moving up and down. But the ones who have gone largely undefeated, except against each other, it's it's kind of like, oh, you get used to those names really quickly because they're the ones who are still vying for that promotion slot. Right. And then I see that the Queen Bees have have found their footing and are towards the, the top 10. And their prize is they get to fight Stadium Elite Silver. Best of luck to you, ladies. Yeah, that's, that's coming off of... Who did they fight the last couple weeks? They fought Pallet Town Red, which they won, and then they beat the Cleveland S Cavaliers the week before, and then in bout four, and that looks they like fought kind of when they fought Pioneer Valley and lost. When their when so. their win streak started was about five. Yeah, and boom. They're up there in pair two. And then there's our team that we lost the first bout, won the next three, and then lost the next two. We're sitting right at at three and three. Batting five hundred. As long as we escape, as long as we come out with a a winning record, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'll be I'll be happy if we take the next three. Make up for it Same. a little bit. It'll be an improvement. It won't be enough for promotion, but it will be an improvement. Shall we jump into Kirimi Pyro's bout six match? Absolutely pulling that up now pull up pull up our highlight team yeah so for those of you that may or may not remember i know it's been a while the we do like to highlight one team per tier that we're that we're looking over from open to iron to copper to bronze and in open we didn't want to be biased so we chose hear me pyroar and looking at this very close matchup of 11 10 I do want to highlight the the three the lone three O from Quasi Goyo who brought in the double ice core with Altaria and Tapufini with their opponent bringing Sudowoodo Snowy Cast Form, Double Dragon and Lantern and it looks like or kind of just basing off of these two teams when you bring double ice you are going to beat the Double Dragon Core more often than not, and I learned that the hard way. They've, they've got a good kind of balance between stuff that is going to resist the advantage or the advances of, of Sudowoodo and those that are at least able to take it resisted. So like the combination of 
Frostlass, Feeny, and Altaria all resisting the counter damage. And then the Critterly, Munchlax, Lapras taking a little extra, but at the same time, Lapras can always fight back with that Surf. Yeah, or if they're feeling really spicy, hit them with that Skull Bash. If hit, like you're lined hit, up hit against the, a Powder Snow. Hit the, hit the Pseudo Widow with the Skull Bash. <laughs> <laughs> it can work, That's maybe. That's, that's called BM to- Taco. <laughs> Hey, we don't promote toxicity here. So I, I, I almost called you. I almost here. called you donut for that. <laughs> yes. How oh dare man, you. I'm not that good. But uh... I mean, the I guess the significant portion of this is just kind of the move away from lantern. That that was kind of one that has been pretty central as far as countering, especially any water types that might want to come in against your dragons and stuff because they tend to also carry the ice coverage but not here just the crudilly (laughs) got that crudilly frost last still that's true i was also going to look at the other matchup because unfortunately hear me pyro lost that primeval slot but it looks as though one to two so they still came out two points ahead collectively right I was saying this team, or the this trainer, Kyrek, Kyreki01. If I butcher your trainer name, please send me the correct pronunciation. I apologize. Don't cancel me yet. <laughs> it's too they late. They brought Triple Ice into, Triple Ice, Double Dragon into Double Dragon and some spammy boys in Shiftry and Lantern and Dredagon. Excuse me, that's Triple Dragon. Oh, I didn't see, oh yeah, I forget. Dredagon's in there. <laughs> triple ice versus triple dragon and the triple dragon won the the, the <laughs> colors just don't quite register as the dragon palette you know dogs are known to be colorblind and i am a taco dog so we're gonna go with that yeah you get one but i do forget that you know dragonair doesn't yeah dragonair doesn't have any charge moves that are dragon type because you just spam body slam and aqua tail all day and on that vein dredagon uses dragon claw night slash very weird because all of these dragons do something a little different I, I will say just as a, uh, I mean, I want to say something more than as a player, but like, I appreciate, Give the, us your... I appreciate that the dragon tail is an option on Dredagon where it's not for some reason on Altaria and Dragonair, just because I can tap my phone less. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those, those one turn, we... those one turn moves definitely have their advantages, especially with the way that the game is working currently where you can totally snipe stuff that you shouldn't be able to but man that three turns worth if you get it through on a charge move timing is is pretty pretty game changing i was also gonna say if you lose like a turn of if you lose a turn because of lag or whatever you lost that energy and damage that you could possibly get out it's kind of like a double-edged sword really well, and there's there's just less advantage as far as getting one extra dragon breath through because I mean at that point there's there's nothing you have to do at, like if you're playing against someone with a one turn fast move you you definitely don't have to think about oh when am I going to throw my move to maximize the, the fast moves <laughs> because they, they always get one <laughs> there, there there is no. Right. There is no difference, so that I guess is the trade-off, <laughs> such as it is. Yeah, that that is a, a very, a very, uh, I forgot the word I was looking for. A very fair point to make, valid point. Excuse me. Fair and valid. You are technically correct. The best kind of correct. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> Did you also see in the open in the open slot? Duplex structure ran a Lorantis. I did not. 
But Lorantis is one of those that I would love to run just because it has some really interesting just kind of corners on the meta with superpower and leaf blade like two of the best charge moves in the game coming off a pretty decent attack stat but just that solo grass typing is really hard to fit i thought it was grass and bug type no that's that's the other one oh yeah that's the the other mantis looking bug grass that is actually bug grass Fomantis is what it looks like. Yeah. Wait, no, Fomantis is a... It's the tiny it's one. Just, yeah, it's just a grass type. It's yeah. not a bug type. No. My life is a lie. Sorry, it's Lee Vanny. I don't know why it took me so long to think of. Oh, that one. With the the, the okay. sawaddle and such. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I didn't know that Lorantis could learn superpower until JR Honda hit me with a superpower on my Alolan Graveler to close out our final game of the Summer Cup when I was fighting in the, the charity battle, We Won't Stop Battle for Row. Yeah, so I mean, it, it has good pressure as long as you can kind of keep it safe from the now ever-present flyers with Walreen really being less of a thing. But I'm also seeing that uh, super scary surfetched across the way, so they were they were they were balancing out this high attack potential. Yeah, Surfetch is one of those Pokemon that is very scary, and I hope I really don't have to face it because I don't know if it's gonna have Leaf Blade, Night Slash, Close Combat, or Brave Bird. Because let's give all the best moves in the game to the most fragile Pokemon with a sword and a shield, because why not? Yeah, and I mean, that's that's one of the things that makes it great in this format, is every week you can change that up if you want. Like, there's there's the default, just give it the, the spammy moves that are pretty decent coverage, but at the back of your mind, until you've seen both of those moves, it could be anything. <laughs> Yeah, when I, when I see that Pokemon and when I see Mew, I, I shudder a little bit because I'm wondering, is my team going to be core broken by this or am I going to be okay? Well, and yeah, especially with Mew, you kind of have to dream up worst case scenarios. I, I don't think I've seen one yet, really. Um, is Mew even allowed in Great League Open? <laughs> why wouldn't it be? Because it's a mythical? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I might be mixing up my mythical, this, my, this is my not, VGC. Yeah, this is not VGC, Taka. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I might be mixing those rules up, and I'm sorry. I just started getting into competitive Pokemon with Gen 9 just around the corner. Yeah, but the, 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 only, the only restriction is those actual restricted picks where you can only bring one, and the Galarian birds still not allowed. Gotcha. Well, and I guess... <sighs> I guess Buzzwool's still on the list, even though um, it's allowed in regionals, which seems like a kind of funny mismatch. <laughs> I, was like, I mean, they, everybody got a chance to do it during the GoFest event, so I understand for it being there, but it hasn't been kind of brought out because of all the flyers keeping it at home, so I don't know how to feel about that one yet. I, I still I still think it's going to do a decent amount of work with the with the right uh, championing just because you've got a lot of normal types coming out to combat either double ghost or ghost fast move teams and i i, I still think it has a lot of play gotcha but that I is that say. is a different format so <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna juggle th- three different formats in the span of a possibly two hour podcast i episode, mean maybe we, we didn't tell anyone to buckle in but I feel like we should. 
Okay, here's your disclaimer now. Buckle up, get some popcorn, drink some tea, have some coffee, put your favorite, what's the word? Put your favorite audiobook on hold because this is going to be a long one. Yeah. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> get, get the bookmark in the book because you're going to need to put it down. But it's okay. We'll do our best to try to keep this as concise as possible without getting too tangenty this week. We will go back to our regularly scheduled uh, trainer posting or pokey posting that's what i was looking for later at another time did you have any other kind of surprise matchup outcomes from the past three weeks that you wanted to comment on or did we at least touch on most of them are you feeling okay with open tier at this point i'm feeling we touched on most of them you know it's really weird when you look at like when you said earlier in the earlier during the the episode that the the tiers of the tiers from like the top 10 pairings ended 11 to 10 with the exception of like a handful of teams it kind of shows like how competitive it is near the top i feel like if we go into those matchups we're not really going to get a lot other than oh without us kind of saying oh if this person had you know two one the other way then we could have seen the other team possibly winning so i think that just you know you never know what is going to happen during these bouts and if you had asked me two months ago who was going to be at the top after after the the angry bottoms of our team was going to be up there i would not be looking at the teams i'm looking at now being at the top i'll will i'll tell you that much yeah there's there's been a few surprises but i think it's just hitting on that theme again where every single game matters and you should you should treat every game like it matters yeah, I'm still at that point kind of where if I'm 2-0 up on my opponent, I'll take my foot off the gas and I might drop a game. And I'm like, oh, wait, I could have gotten three points because it actually matters this time. Yeah, it's it's a it's a little bit of a bad habit from regular self. Yeah, like for me, I try to like I use the third game to kind of like play a, a, a line I haven't played or try to get more practice in. And if I win, great, I 3-0. If I lose, it's no big deal. But I don't hear him like, nah, stick with what works. I mean, some, sometimes, like, just, just to kind of throw it back out there, though, sometimes you need that little bit of a wild card to yeah. really then seal that third game because your opponent thinks they have a good read on exactly what you're going to do, and that's your opportunity to really change it up, especially after you're ahead, because you have that room. But, yeah, it's it's good to kind of stay sharp that is that well we always say that at the end keep your dragon fangs sharp <laughs> <laughs> and in, yeah in practice this is what we mean this is you you still got to keep those win conditions in mind practice practice what you preach I'll, I'll work on that this next week i promise so on to the next tier <laughs> i don't know what to think of this tier that that good old iron tier open open plus super saiyan soldier whatever open open premium deathmatch yeah gauntlet so i was gonna say right off the bat we had masubi dropping two games i don't know if they didn't show up to play or if they just got outplayed but i still like their profile picture of the sushi rolls so i'm rolling with them but all right we got we got our pun immediately again (laughs) 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 two two for two yeah and, and it's uh, it's it's so hard to say again without any actual game footage what that comes down to as far as right getting one or 
three points and about is like did did they just have that great of a matchup all the way through or was there just just some prep that needed to happen it, there's there's a lot of possibilities but i mean it is to the likes of rock paper slark and brave nerds who have been just on top of their game all the way through this cycle gotcha and you know one of the the standouts that i even though like We'll highlight Sfield Team 6 in a second, but I'm going to cheat a little bit and highlight another team that a lot of people were kind of angry about is the the team of the Mighty Thunder Duck. You know, kind of going in, we thought, or I'll say we as like some people in the community, had voiced their concerns over a team that had kind of flew under the radar and then was able to get promoted by using the last two bouts to kind of cement their place. And we had thought that maybe they were going to kind of be that team that doesn't do so high and comes right back down in an open. But right now, they're sitting at third place in the standings with four wins and two losses. Yeah, I will say they did take their first loss in bout four. And that one, of course, like the, the one-point bouts, like it's, it's, it's so hard to think of those as like definitive wins or losses one way or the other, but... Uh, about five, you could see it, that one really stung a little bit. That did sting a little bit more. I think the Mazer Gaming Academy just had their number during that bout because I think they fought before an open, if I'm not mistaken. So this is, this or, is a little, little bit of a grudge match again because <laughs> we've got, we've or, got you know, half Maze- of this tier coming straight out of open, right? Yeah, we had uh, Brave Nerds, Slark, Thunderducks, Field Team, Mazer, and Sharks and Wreck. Yeah, six teams ended up getting promoted last cycle. We came in ninth, so we didn't get promoted. Sad face. However, the... Or the... The, kind, the team that's a little bit surprising to me that I thought would do really, really well is Sharks and Wreck. I thought they'd be in the top four by this time. And they're sitting facing uh, demotion or relegation, excuse me, into the back into the open tier. So I'm a little, I'm a little wary of wondering if they're going to turn it around to at least save face to stay in the tier or get relegated. I mean that that one is one that I, I feel a little weird about at this point, just because they haven't had any. Uh, this is going to sound not great, but like blowout losses where. Um, Sure, they're down overall record, but their game wins are relatively high for their standing. Right, because when the the most points they've scored in a losing bout is nine, so it's still relative. Like you said, it's still relatively close. However, I think the the level of competition has kind of caught up to them a little bit because I think this team, Sharks and Wreck, finished third. If I'm not, if I remember correctly, last cycle. And they were above, I think, only Brave Nerds and I think Rock, Paper, Slark were the two teams that were on top of them. However, one can kind of point at their their wins came against Peterborough Doofs that unfortunately has yet to put a, a score on the board. And Sfield Team 6, a team that's just on the cusp of getting promoted by five points over Mazer Gaming. I think that's kind of like where I'm at. I'm not I'm not too I'm not sold on the fact that they're going to get relegated, but I'm also not sold on the fact that they're going to be staying in iron tier. That's my hot take for the episode. Yeah, well, I mean, it just seems like they're kind of in the same spot as us where they really just have to turn those higher point losses into 
slim victories. <laughs> you just gotta you gotta <laughs> find those extra one or two points and make sure you prove that you are ready to are ready to show up for our last three bouts of the cycle. Yeah, it's hard to believe that the the the, the cycle's coming to an end. We got three weeks left. Two th- two thirds fi- done. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun, right? And then we only got the the one more cycle of the season before the playoff stuff starts, right? Mm, no. So this one, yeah. So this one for the end of cycle two, there's going to be like a little off season again where people can move like move teams make new teams and stuff like that and then we do the same thing one more time for cycle three and then i think there's a playoff after it. Is, is that is that not what i described i just skipped the i just skipped the week off or however many there are okay yeah i sorry i thought you meant like after this cycle we're gonna take a week off no Oops. one more one more one more cycle anyway <laughs> shall we so kind of looking sh- shall, shall we look at our our field team six breakdown absolutely i'm gonna jump in about what is it about four because about six they had an 11 to 10 and then so you want you want to look at the big win over frost rats i do because i like my i like my shadows feel even though it looks like it can like pummel me into submission and it it's will. still so cute. <laughs> <laughs> but looking at the 3-0, CFN Butter 626. So the Prime Yeah, in the Prime slot, excuse me. Brought a Celio and an Alolan Muck and a Galvantula against a pretty meta line with against their opponent Tough Puff, who brought the Double Dragon Core and kind Double of, Rock. Kind, yeah, kind of the usual suspects, the Cradley Frostlass, Dragonair Altaria, Munchlax Sudowoodo. It's like all of all of the standards and then and then you have th- three three of those and three challengers. <laughs> yeah, and kind of looking at it, Celio is a tankier Lapras, no? It's a it's a it's a spammy boy. Uh they're Bulk is, I think of them as, as similar, but I can actually check. Gotcha. I was going to say, looking at like Celio with the Powder Snow Body Slam spam can kind of keep the dragons at bay for the most part. And then you can hit Cradley pretty hard if you can land a, an Aurora Beam instead of a Body Slam. But I, yeah, I think with Cradle you just have to be careful because it can hit harder. It can hit hard back. Yeah. Uh, so then... just, to, just to report in on the, on the Bulk comparison... Lapras comes out with about 10 more HP on average. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Celia, it, they're effectively very similar. Um, obviously, Lapras has access to that defense buff to give itself a little bit more effective bulk eventually. But the the spam off of the, the body slam, especially when it's going unresisted a lot of the time, it's, it's pretty handy. And, you know, that's a little odd because... I thought Celio being like the higher level Pokemon would be a tankier boy than like a level twenty Lapras. <laughs> no, no, it's just it's just an expensive Lapras. You get Look, to it feels it feels better, so to me it is gonna be better. <laughs> you get to you get to pay in levels what you have to pay in that charge move bonus for the Lapras. That's a, that's fair, okay. And then I'm pretty sure in this setup you use our butters used the alolan muck as kind of like its safe switch pivot because it's pretty safe unless you're fighting the pseudo or if you get hit with a bulldoze from munchlax all things considered no yeah and and you have a pretty open decision as far as 
which version of Philolamuk you want to run even. Like, you do have the Frostless that will resist the Poison Jab, but if you need that fast move pressure, that, that moveset is totally viable. Like, the, the Snarl is unresisted, but, I mean, you're not getting a lot of pressure out of it. You're still having to rely on charge moves that might not get the KO outside of maybe the, the Frostless Dragonair that are either squishy enough or also just weak to your fastest charge move that way right and so that's kind of like in this matchup the i think the spice that butters brought was able to catch tough puff off guard and which managed to see seal the 3-0 victory for butters and i mean there's there's something to be said for bringing half of a standard team because you can still run that half and have a team that works against just about anything like that the dragonair cordelli frostless on its own works like there there are very few scenarios where it doesn't so all of that other stuff can even just be distraction unless there's not a reason not to bring it like if for whatever reason your opponent just has no electric resist or they're like extra weak to electric like that's that's a great time for galvantula or i mean it can be a cover i know you at some point want to talk about malamar like <laughs> i already <laughs> lost that where it, i already lost where it was honestly <laughs> like it, it it might have been in, in one of the other ones but just because you you talked about it before like it has it has options there it has options in his wireless if you need it to and same for same for celia like just for extra pressure into the dragons that at least gives everything a way to hit them neutrally like that and maybe that's the the story here is you can you can hit all the things <laughs> even even if you, you end up the... in something that isn't exactly ideal you can at least do some chip i can tell you when the dragonair cradley and frostless core does not work tell me about it when i play it it doesn't work because i get 3 would <laughs> 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 can, can you can you be more can you be more specific yeah i'm just gonna leave it at i got 3-0 twice when i brought that core but i mean like you know did, did did you did you have any kind of post-mortem oh that's that's a core breaker specifically or was it just like an alignment thing it was very much an alignment thing okay well and i, and I mean that RPS. is that's still that's still fair like it's it's obviously a a bit of a triangle and energy matters a lot so even even if you manage to to win a lead like if you are in a position to get farmed down by a frost loss and that thing just has energy going into the the mid to late game that's gonna be a problem very scary switch yeah. out please <laughs> don't do that or or try to catch on something uh to throw a move. do you want to check out the celestial that's their other 3-0 for here yeah and we have it i think i think that's one we've <laughs> yeah, i think that's one we've touched on before and they've got a, a Dr- dragalgi on there on there and that was one that we haven't really seen i have not seen dragalgi that much in celestial i don't even think our teammate has seen it that much either all the other the other so what i'm looking for the other suspects are kind of there in 
Samurai, Dragonite, Greedance, Chrysalia. I was going to say Celestia. Yeah. Whoopsies. Chrysalia is just kind of the, the meat of Celestial, it feels like. And of course, you got your Regirock, your Snorlax. That Snorlax has to run either Earthquake or Superpower. And Body Slam, of course. Yeah, just on, on top of the, the bread and butter Body Slam. The the Shadow Caesar. I don't think I've seen too much of it, but I have seen some Shadow Drapions running around. The, the Greedance is the one that has seemed just the most consistent as dangerous bulk i guess like that's that's one that i i am nowhere near being able to build like i i have one just hanging out but nowhere near the xl for it but like that thing that thing does work <laughs> especially especially after the tackle buff that has really made it a lot more versatile where it's not yeah, just it's I not think... just relying on charge move damage off a of bullet seed kind of energy but can get there with the stab tackles i was also gonna say that with the pokemon that uh, were using tackle and got a buff i've seen that in practice some pokemon don't necessarily come out on the better side with a tackle buff i'm looking at you tackled munchlack you lost me a game uh well and and tackle tackle munchlax is a little bit of a different story just because you're giving up what is otherwise a ghost counter to do a very different job where you're you're just taking advantage of the the stab tackles to do neutral damage around hopefully uh-huh. but that's that's got to be a lineup by lineup decision yeah i'm gonna probably chop it up too I left tackle on it, and it, I was thinking I had lick on it, so I got bullard. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's that's I think been a little bit the story of this update is there are a lot more Pokemon that you really can't take for granted what they're fast move and therefore what the rest of their moves set is going to be until you actually see it in your match. Yeah, that's the that's the unfortunate part. But I was gonna say. Um, that I was going to piggyback off of Chrysalia. I was looking at Chrysalia and I said, because Chrysalia, you can use Future Sight, Moonblast, and Grass Knot. But it's like, okay, so we know it has Grass Knot, but is it going to use Moonblast or Future Sight? And that's kind of like, we don't know. Well, I mean, this this is a great example, actually, of a time that you would really just run Grass Knot, Moonblast, because there's nothing that resists the moveset across on it. But wouldn't the, like, the Alolan Muck or the Poison types that are kind of running around make you want to run Future Sight a little bit more? Well, the the Alolan Muck would resist the Future Sight because of the the dark typing, whereas the Moonblast would be neutral. Okay, that makes that makes. Sense. I mean, yeah, the, the the Future Sight is obviously the the biggest nuke you can give the Crest, but because of the bulk of Ultra League, I think just going for consistent neutral damage off of your Pokemon that's going to be in the battle for the full two minutes sometimes, like, <laughs> it it adds up better that way. Okay, so I guess, like, with Chrysalia, it's going to be like a War of Attrition type of thing. Yeah, and apart from the Mirror and the Alolan Muck, like, I think it was just maybe a little too hard to get around. It looks like it from this, from this angle. You had... I know you had the Dracology kind of come in and help take out the Dragonite. Samurott's Hydro Cannon can take out Regirock. Well, and I think maybe that's like actually the scary thing is between Greedent and Cresselia, like they could have brought anything in that in that third in that third spot. They they really had kind of that chef's choice of 
what do I feel like <laughs> playing today? Like, what what do I what do I expect my opponent to lead? And I can really lean into that as my lead because I have such safe swaps between Greedon and Crest. How much violence do I want to inflict today? <laughs> Which of these tastes like danger? Well, the answer is all of a lot because uh, you had two shadows running around in yeah. that slot in the celestial slot. Yeah, even even in the ultra matchup that. I got to watch this week the Shadow Drapion was running Bite, so I learned that that's a thing. Oh, that that sounds very painful if you're the opponent across from a Bite Drapion. Stab Bite off a Shadow. <laughs> Some decent bulk. And sometimes that Crunch debuff. I'm putting it in my notes now. Top left when facing Bite Drapion. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever play Ultra. I mean, I, I did have to play ultra a little bit for my taco fights in all the leagues challenge i'm trying to do but i failed we do we do have that that later yeah we do have that coming up again next week i think yep anyway that is that that i mean obviously the the score is easy to lean into when it's so one-sided but again Mm -hmm. like just it doesn't feel like they had a lot of options that were safe it really doesn't and that is the unfortunate part but i think or the thing is is if you know that you're in your opponent kind of has a better looking team than you or on paper it supposedly does better i think if you can get at least one point it hurts a little less in a loss than say no points (laughs) uh yep i yep that's what i'm that's the the words of taco's words of wisdom this is not actual advice this is just me trying to sound semi smart smartical and i mean the the one i don't want to call it nice thing but this is this is not a situation where that one point turned out being crucial so you you have that to kind of soothe yourself with and pick up for the next one i was gonna say you're playing for respect at this point at least that's what i'm kind of that's what i'm kind of leaning towards but i think now we can go into the most perfectly balanced tier of the entire north america factions that we cover it's copper tier time copper tier copper tier yeah that's it that's all all i got (laughs) 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 so in this tier we had we're following fletchinderella's story who really likes to give heart attacks because they won 11 to 10 in their last bout and then kind of took control of the osmo pvp and wu tangela clan that is putting them up to third place one battle battles won behind switchmaster the other thing is team beginner to winner with jet's favorite person that's not in open tier <laughs> lyle jeffs <laughs> and their team even though i don't i know um astros astro zombie is the captain of team beginner to winner is sitting on top with a comfortable one extra win and 11 battles won ahead they're just they're looking so solid they are i think they are very much on a roll for this one they might make the jump into what's after it's bronze and then silver so silver tier so then we will have to unfortunately ignore them if they get promoted yeah aside aside from fletch and dorella they really have not had a very close match yet well oh no they're fighting the spices right i was gonna say they're fighting fletch and dorella this week but the spices Riot's kind of a middle of the pack team they're in sixth so good luck to them and uh yeah they fought seven deadly simps last week and just barely escaped an 11 to 10 win and i think now with the the round robin this is the part like the round robin type or round robin part of the 
the cycle, I keep wanting to say season, but I know that's not correct, where you will kind of have, you had some very close matchups and then you had some not so close matchups or some possible blowouts. We had, we had one of those weird scenarios last week um, in the Spices Right versus Testudo where one of the lines just didn't play. Um, this is, this is also the week where still put out their reminder to <laughs> coordinate with your opponents early and make sure you get your battle time set and to show up for them because they're tired of receiving those disputes because they're not super helpful and we could just talk to each other <laughs> yeah, we'll make a quick little aside so one thing that it says in the rules is as soon as lineup or uh positions are revealed you should be in contact with your opponent at least or within 24 hours if not the other team is well within their power to file a dispute and i didn't know that that was a or i knew that was a rule but i kind of glossed it over when i was skimming through the rule book when i got signed to the angry bottoms <laughs> formerly bowler in the gang well and i and i feel like the tendency is to wait to set or even to send a message until the actual battle teams are posted Pokemon. Yeah, and yeah, I, the, I mean, like <laughs> as a as a community, that's that's fine as long as you do it then. But it's also easy to lose track of your week a little bit, especially like if you play raid hour and then you kind of getting headed towards the weekend where you got some real life plans, and they're just like, oh, I have to, I have to schedule the battle real quick. It's like, okay, well, I, I see the point of maybe getting that message out on. For us, it's Tuesday, but. You know. Yeah, because we're six hours behind. No, we're five hours right now. It's daylight savings. Well, I am. You're seven. Uh, Remember, taco sucks with time. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll 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 let you say numbers. At least this time. I'm gonna pretend. At least this I... this time we're two hours different, like we're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, but what I was what I was saying is I completely forgot about that rule, and I thought it was perfectly acceptable to kind of get in contact after lines were revealed turns out that's a no-no and our team got slapped with a a warning well when i, f I feel like this is more of a discord issue because the way that it, especially if if you're not a person that is on discord often like the message from a new person gets put into a message request spot so i mean it does show up like as a notification but it doesn't get pushed through like a normal message so unless you're actively checking those are super easy to miss so it's 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 not i i will play devil's advocate in this one because i'm a rules lawyer in like dungeons and dragons but i'm a good rules lawyer to make sure that i fight on the side i use my power for good but this time i have to play devil's advocate here a good lawyer so it, <laughs> yeah what is that <laughs> the the main thing that kind of gets touched on or kind of gets missed is from the the tuesday or like the wednesday night type of thing wherever you're playing is you should at least say hey we're matched up in factions give your availability usually if you're the first one to give your, their, yeah. your availability don't just say hi <laughs> for the love of god don't say sup this does not count as anything <laughs> or you up oh, i'm god. not your booty call okay <laughs> <laughs> this is not battle booty call, just, uh, despite being angry about it. What I was saying is, usually if you give your availability, like, hey, I'm free from this time to this time on this day, this time to this time on this day, 
Let's see if we can kind of schedule. Usually if you're the first one to give your availability, technically that makes your opponent kind of work with you versus the other way around. And then if neither of your schedules work out, you have to file a dispute and it makes it like not fun. But I think kind of people have, or not people, players, myself included, have kind of gotten a little lax to that rule. And I do want to thank the one of our opposing teams for filing the dispute and kind of like jarring us to make me go back and look at the rule book I was like, wait, before I get angry that we got a dispute filed against us, I got to check the rule book. And it said, oh, there it is right there. There it is. I, I can't even be mad. Yeah. And I mean, like, even even more than just within that first 24 hours, I think it's actually the 24 hours from whenever a message is sent. So you have a full day to respond whenever that first message goes out from either side. I mean, obviously, if it's Saturday, it doesn't really apply. But um, the other... The other side of this that I have heard some people, I don't want to say complain, but um, be... Brought some concerns. Yeah, be, be, be wary of is is that despite being the, the North American conference that we're playing in, there's several non-North American players on teams. And I need to remind people that Whoever the North American player is in that battle has the time zone priority for their match because there there's some <clears throat> there 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 are some people who players will stick with players. There are some players who it feels like kind of again I don't I don't want anyone to take it the wrong way, you but like it's yeah again. well and it's, and it's just like in this circumstance because there's there's so much of self where it's. A global community and you really just work with each other as best you can but this is one of those this there is a home field to being in the north american conference and you really need to put your foot down as a home field player, player. if if you're being jerked around by someone's availability that is not a north american player and that's that's my that's my soapbox moment <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take that back and kind of stand up on it for a second as well and to what jet says it's very very much 100 percent true if you're fighting and i mean no disrespect to our players across the pond in europe or, or the other however, pond or or a, or in apac i forgot about apac yeah <laughs> if you are if you're say uh a european player and you're fighting in the north american player you kind of do have to give some availability and say like look this is like say hey where i know uh i'll use germany as an example because they're about eight hours time different zone for me i was like hey you're eight hours away from me so the way this can work is we can find you can find time at dinner i'll find time at breakfast or vice versa you find time at i'll find time at dinner you're finding time at like breakfast or whatever and we'll kind of duke it out the hardest battle or the hardest times is when you're like at an irregular time spot of like 14 hours or like <laughs> 13 hours. Yeah. The, like you laugh. I The India, well, that one is probably the same one that I'm thinking of for you is the, the 12 and a half hour one for me in India would be 14 and a half for you. So Yeah, but my my toughest battle was... 10, ten and a half? Or it's my... My time zone difference was 16 hours, but thankfully it kind of worked out to whereas like he was about to go to bed and I was just waking up. So I'm like, okay, we're both tired. Let's fight. And we're like, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Everyone is, everyone's <laughs> off their game. Let's do it. Cause there was no, there was no way. Cause the other 
thing was like, look, I can stay up till like one o'clock in the morning. And then if you want to fight, that'll be like your six o'clock in the morning that you're just waking up and we can fight then Good God. or like, or like vice versa. And I had no problem doing that. Cause you know, my player, my, my opponent reached out to me. It was super courteous about it. And we made, we made it work. And I will say on the other time, some other players aren't very accommodating. And that's when you kind of have to like beat them over the head with the rule book and say, look, the rules say this. Yeah. So you can either play by the rules of what it says, or I file a dispute and I get free points out of it. And it feels like I cheated a win. And then I feel bad. And then you feel bad or you get angry and nobody really wins at the, at the end of the day. And, and I mean, the, the thing to really, as a, as a player stay conscious of is that you will not play well if you play angry. So take that into the conversations you have in setting up the battle times as well. <laughs> just like try try to be kind to each other because <laughs> at the end of the day it is just a game well there's it's there's that fun. and then i mean like these these connections are a big part of the reason that makes this game so fun to me at least is that i get to then keep a, a lot of these people on my friends list and we get to do raids together and then you know Maybe someday the the pipe dream is to you know like do all these crazy lucky trades that I have just like sitting in my box, but like it's it's just fun to be able to engage elsewhere with with other people I know that are part of part of the larger community. Yeah, I will say right off the bat, after we fight, I delete you off my friends list because I'm terrible with gifts. Is, is that why? Is that why we're still not lucky friends? Yes, that is exactly. Why. <laughs> but I I opened your gift today. Okay. Good, good job. Yeah, you you got also, to you got to have one of my downtown gifts. And I, I think I sent you a a gift from when I was in Texas. From 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 the yeah. island. Yeah, from the island. <laughs> but where was I going? With? So yeah, that as long as you guys are open with your communication channels, nine times out of ten things will flow smoothly. Unless you get the tryhard that's like throw brooks at you and is just kind of mean. And you know, I can't help you. Godspeed. Yeah. Well, and yeah, so I mean, just, just, just give, give some options and yeah, be forthcoming about it. Like <laughs> I, I, that's, that's maybe the, the side of it that is just like, that makes me laugh more often than anything is like, it just feels shady sometimes where they're just like, oh, well I can, I can maybe play on Friday. I'm just like, um, I, I gave you like a full spreadsheet of my availability. You can at least like pick a time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's we're gonna open up a whole can of worms on that one and just kind of go back on our stories so i mean it's, here. it's it's all yeah it's all it's all part of the part of the experience um yeah uh well, when, <laughs> meanwhile while we were discussing that very important topic i i did want to circle back on about four in copper and just look at it under the lens similar to we did what we did in open where that was the week where everything was very much 11 10 across the board and this is sort of the other way this was all 14 7 with one 13 8 which is still in the same range of it's like pretty much a 14 7 yeah pretty pretty significant like basically two to one points and just a like to me, that's that's a, the very clear picture of oh, this is the top five and the bottom five, kind of right. Mostly, so kind of. Let's see, beginner, winner, Fletch and Dorella, seven deadly. Like I mean, like I mean, yeah. Switchmaster just the... like popped right back to to business after 
their match with beginner to winner. But like as as opposed to the the 10 11 week where it was like, okay, well, one game either way in any of those and it completely gets upended. This is is a little bit more of a stretch, right? Like, yeah, this this Here. this shows a little bit more of a of a I don't want to say skill gap exactly, but like the the matchup, the matchup at least was 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 more into the one sided without bidding being like the the crushing well i was actually gonna say that it's not gonna say like this i don't want to use like overarching things like this bout separated who's on top and who's the angry who's angry at the bottom (laughs) i'll probably say something along the lines of some or half the teams that were scheduled to fight showed up to play and the other half maybe had an off week or couldn't really get the ball rolling that well or they were just outplayed you know it's generally one of those things where like we try i try to be as neutral as i can to be like well this team got blown out or this team got destroyed i uh i i just i just will play the other side of that (laughs) and and draw my line through because we're covering the three weeks that for the most part they stayed that course though that is true, with the exception of Switchmasters, because they fought be- team beginner to winner. And yeah, like you said, they went back to business as usual. The the Utah um, the Utah Rangers went one and one after that, but I think almost everyone else was. Oh, Simps also one and one, but that the that one was the super close one. Yeah, and that was yeah. I was gonna say Fletch and Dorella stories been kind of chugging along. And their only loss has been to team beginner to winner. So if they win out, they're going to get promoted to bronze. And that is a very real possibility. They're fighting Testudo skills, which is fourth from the bottom. And then I have to draw a little map for myself to see who's left that they have to play. Probably Self League SA maybe. And Wu-Tangela Clan? Do these okay? This this is this is a, a UI. This is a UA, UI thing that I really hope exists. Where oh no, it doesn't it doesn't exist. So, <laughs> especially in the named tiers above, so anything not open, I feel like it should just have the slots. To me, that would make the most sense as far as. I mean, it would, it would go against the header of completed bouts, but you could have like a pending section because there is already a schedule for all of those battles. There, there. It doesn't change based on who's who's winning. You're going to play everybody. Right. Like there is. Yeah, I know you There can. is a method. There is a method to the madness, and I just wish it was like already there to see like who they still have to play against. So I can let you know as a tournament organizer, you can do that if you're set to manage the. If you're set to a tournament staff, you can look at it like who's playing who next. But I don't know if self allows you to do that. I mean, I know you can do it with like other other programs anyone anyone could figure it out i just want it to be there (laughs) i I just i I just want it to be like a regular kind of sports team schedule where it's like you know who they're playing and when so you know when there's grudge matches it's going to happen and when there's going to be some whoopings getting dished out yeah when those when those big head-to-head matchups are coming did we did we talk about one of these matchups yet no because it's very hard to pick one. Oh, i thought i thought we were just gonna do the the recent 11 to 10 with flesh and dorella and seven deadly simpsons those oh. are kind of the the couple that we've liked to get... talk about <laughs> well because you know Fletch and Dorella story is the team that we kind of spun the wheel on. And then we saw Seven Deadly Simps, and I was like, that's a great anime, so we're going to keep that. But maybe this was the one where the Malamar was? Nope. No, but 
I did find a new Pokemon that I want to talk about. What is it? Gar- so if you look in the the Fletchnerella and Seven Deadly Sims matchup, yep, Garatina Bletcher brought a Gudra in Great in Primeval. Yeah, in Primeval. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> And then Rampa, I'm just going to say Rampa. Right, Rampa. Because I can't say it. Yeah, that. Brought the. Oh, the no, no, no. It's, it's, it's just words, Taco. Words are difficult. It's, it's ran past tense. Ran past. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This Big is, this is why, this is why like, capital letters are important for cluing you in. <laughs> Capital letters hurt tiny taco brain. He is okay. the he is the currently bugged Hisuian quillfish. The stone face, the stonefish, as I like to call it. <laughs> the stone waller. I know everybody's like saying, "Oh, well, you need you need to use or you need to be able to see the animation because when he throws." And I just kind of tell myself, "Well, you see on your Pokemon when you get hit with a poison jab, so like nothing's really new." It is. It is just a little disquieting, like not being able to tell immediately if it's the poison sting or the poison jab but yeah it it also like when it stares at you it's like staring into your soul and I'm like, you know jpeg fish <laughs> you know you shouldn't really be in there because the last demon that tried to do that I, he got sent back for therapy it looks like it looks told, like yeah. the, the gooder didn't have a great time though it does not look like it from first glance with frostlass feeny drudagon cradley and i i think for the most part, that's kind of the angle of Gudra is you you need to be able to hit something with muddy water to have it be worth it. And half of the say, maybe half of the team resists and you're weak to say, one you have of the power others. Whip, if you have power whip on Gudra as well, you can possibly hit the Tapufini back and the Sudowoodo, maybe the Cradley. Well, I mean, the Sudowoodo is already taking super effective from the muddy water, so that's, that's less of an issue. It's more you really... <laughs> The the power takes a while to get to, and yeah. the Feeny Water Gun adds up pretty quickly against Gudra, especially at Great League level. Yeah, I guess like in the with the Power Whips case, it's, and Power Whip against Sudowu, you're just like trying to win more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, when the alternative is Draco Meteor, <laughs> it's like, are hey, are you, you know, are you really gonna make it to that? A well placed Draco Meteor will make your opponent top left faster than anything. Yeah. I mean, I I like the idea of Gudra, but I just I feel like it does Dragonair's job worse for the most part. Yeah, and I think Gudra is more of a Ultra League Pokemon is where it gets its chance to shine versus Great League. Yeah, I mean, it's also hard to get one that fits. Um, I'm still waiting on another round of the, the Sligoo spawns. Sligoo spawn? Yeah, they were around. I've never seen a Sligoo in the wild. Anyway. But... <laughs> I'll find it eventually. Also, I found the Malamar. Did you? I did. It's right next to the Luxray in Havwan, so <laughs> I did it. However, Malamar it looks like it had more play in the other primeval matchup with Frostlass, Sudowoodo, Munchlack, possibly Cradley falling to its superpower foul play set. And then Luxray was if Luxray was there, it most definitely was to soften up the soften up the team with its use of psychic fang. And that's 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 a very a very interesting angle on Primeval that kind of has separated it from a lot of the other metas is that there really aren't the same debuffs in play. Like it's it's really more straightforward for that side of the game so to to throw a luxury in there to kind of 
throw a wrench in uh, matchup knowledge is is well, I know this is an interesting strategy. I was gonna say I know with Luxray, it's I know its main like its main use is like to wild charge and run, but with the like when it got its psychic things, now it it can be used as like a glassy pivot almost because like you can kind of debuff dip out of there and then switch into your to your to your soft counter and then when your opponent switches out you're down on energy and you could possibly or your opponent's down on energy and could possibly be down a shield if it decided to shield like say the psychic thing so they got baited so i guess i guess i'm trying to figure out what so like just imagining a scenario where luxury is in the lead what would have to be on the other side to make your opponent lock something else in to actually like give you a chance to keep that debuff process maybe or and this is this is probably going to be a stretch on munchlax if you build up to the wild chart and you throw a psychic if they shield because it was a bait and you swap in malamar or yeah or swap in malamar or tapofini you essentially put them on the back foot and kind of being like uh oh uh my munchlax is debuffed and i can get hit with a superpower and it's gonna hurt more. May, okay, I maybe swap out. maybe I, maybe I worded this poorly. So uh, the scenario I'm trying to think of is what is what is Luxray scaring out of the lead so that the opponent would actually oh. lock something in so that uh, debuff would stick? Because to me, that's the only situation that really makes it pull its weight i guess like apart <laughs> apart from the the wild charges itself but just like as a debuffer you you need a way to make those stick and that's either you are forcing a swap away from it or you're using it to bring in and essentially soft lose the the switch just so you can get farm on something else and maybe that is the the strategy there is that you don't necessarily need it to win you just need it to put something into what would otherwise not be a farm down range <laughs> yeah that and at the same time you can still I... you can still threaten the shields with the wild charges into most things yeah i think if i had to pick something it would probably like the safest thing that it would quote scare away would probably be the frostlass or the lantern but that's that's assuming they don't want to get hit by a wild charge i mean the 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 luxury is just so squishy though like those surfs I, I again this is this is coming from a place of just thinking about the matchups i don't know them well but i know that luxury is super squishy and there's it, it really is there's enough bulk in primeval just in kind of the main cast that that just that's the first thought that comes to mind is how are they getting mileage out of that debuff and uh or like what's what's i'm just trying to like get into the thought process because i think it's a cool idea just to be able to bring a debuffer but i am also trying to figure out where where that potential mileage actually is in practice that's a that's a fair thing to say i'm not entirely sure but i can't excuse me but i can't let you know that if anybody, or maybe if have one, wants to answer the questions, answer our discords, please. <laughs> have one. <laughs> Ping me on Twitter. Tell me the reason for the luxury after the cycle, please. Please, 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 please. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe maybe it's just this matchup that doesn't look as good. But like the like maybe the the Feeny is a is a potential early game one, or either of the 
water ices, the ones that would actually maybe not survive a wild charge, are the kinds of things that would run away. But that that list right. is that list is still not very long, and I'm not convinced a wild charge KOs on its own. I I. I'll agree with you on that one, but the, for the sake of the, the, time... The last place I want to stop before before we leave this matchup is the, the Master League, because I need you to see these teams. Super Saiyan God and Team V-Rock. That's a Buzzwool and a Zarude. And a Heatran. And a Heatran. Yeah, and Origin Form. Well, don't you want to run Origin Form in Master League? Uh, I mean, you, you, you kind of lose some of that... That bulk, like, uh, honestly, for a lot of it, I don't think you want to run Giratina, but, I mean, that's evidenced by, for the most part, teams don't, but <laughs> the, the, you, you definitely have big trade-offs in, in bulk going from Origin to Altered, and moveset viability is also pretty concentrated for uh, Origin form, where your modes are, are maybe not as different as with the altered but yeah just the fact this was... the fact that Zarude showed up and buzzwell and heat Runner are all i give that person props yeah and, and, and they, they yeah they, they took the 2-1 which is super impressive especially into the zacian yeah i see Z- i uh when i see zacian i kind of i kind of freak a little bit like what's it gonna run now okay that's snarl and then play rough wild charge close combat like what are you gonna hit me with yep yeah, the, the Zacian Mewtwo has just been the pretty convincing core of Master so far, and to see that not stack up to some spices is interesting. <laughs> of course, you had Zarud with the... It's a grass dark type, right? Yeah. So that means it will do well against Metagross, Groudon, and Mewtwo, but lose against Togekiss and Zacian a little bit. I mean, if if uh, think... if Groudon's running the Dragon Tail, it's, it's maybe not as bad, because Dragon Tail... Fire Punch is still chunking yeah, up. Yeah, that's that's a that's a fair point. And this is this is a double fairy team, so Togekiss it can't hit at all. Zacian it's hitting Power Whip, which not like a not a super scary that's move super if you're move. if you haven't debuffed yourself as Zacian yet, so And then Buzzwool, I would probably put poison jab on this one over the counter. Hmm. Like probably just for the fairy. Well, essentially the the only uh, how do I say this? The the typing matchup that looks worse with poison jab is metagross everything else you're taking advantage of the fact that you're either moving from resisted to neutral or neutral to super effective or resisted to super effective actually i'm like oh yeah because buzzwell could also use the the bug typing to hit uh, mewtwo because it gets access to lunge right i guess crowdon would resist the poison jab but yeah it is ground type but I think that's probably where you have like Metagross or Heatran to pick up the slack. I do think that's a good call out though on the poison jab, like just to to hit back a little, especially into the Togekiss that would otherwise just be hard walling it. <laughs> I think that would probably give it more viability if you decided to run Buzzwool and Zarude together, or maybe it was just what you you had to pick between one or the other and like put say Garatina Origin Form on Groudon and or Snorlax on Groudon. Yeah, and I mean just just one more time, it is impressive to see. A, a team that's triple weak to fairies come up against two fairies and pull out two wins yeah that's you don't see that every day so good on super sam god and that that could have been just call- that could have been the one win that that was the the tipping point so because <laughs> it was it was a one 10. win bout yeah that is true okay maybe maybe we were wrong maybe the 11 to 10s 
it was who put, made a more spicier pick. <laughs> yeah, the, there's <laughs> there were some kind of s- some spicy upsets, shall we say, or just uh, <laughs> d- there was some some good distraction picks going on. I, I hope that continues into our uh, our last tier here. Going into bronze, the last point. So Da-da-da. I have to preface I have to preface bronze tier with this. So in the event of a tie, each team gets one point instead of three points and i'm bringing this up now because beaming and screaming in bout four tied battle club orlando nine to nine they just didn't fight their last bout formerly beaming and screaming yes they have since changed their name to disputant and screaming i was like i I think that happened just very recently because (laughs) i just noticed that today I did too. So I'm going to say that for the sake of continuity, I will continue to call disputing and screaming, beaming and screaming. (laughs) Just because you can't help yourself. (laughs) Because I can't. But I also see the dis- like disputing and screaming with the shiny crying Vaporeon kind of fits a little bit better. So... It's a little too. It's a little best. too on point. <laughs> it's it's what they always wanted. I will try my best to call them disputing and screaming, but nine times out of ten, I think I'm going to call them beaming and screaming. So I'm going to put that out. Also, uh, Jet, it was this one. The Sea Kingpin and MPVP is where they had the Malamar and the the uh, the pretty awesome open league, uh, gr- open great league picks. <laughs> Okay, we'll we'll get we'll get there. I know I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll stop. So, so we, we got SoCal Swablu still putting up heavy points. Have they lost yet? Yeah, they lost. Who they lose to? Pogo Raiders. Oh, that's right. That was that was an eleven to ten. I mean, like I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna undercut eleven to tens. Like a win is a win. This is this is my platform. Is get that win. Get that eleven. Get, yeah, just get to 11, and the rest will fall into place. So they they are, or because of that loss, Sea Kingpin and SoCal Swablu Blue are right on top of the are right on top of the tier. Oh man, and then so it's just gonna come. Speaking of the Pogo Raiders, man, they had, they they took then the backside of two 11 to tens the last two weeks. That is that's pretty rough. But they did beat Sea Kingpin and handed them their only loss of the battle. <laughs> so they they beat Sea Kingpin and Swablu Blue and then <laughs> just barely lose the next two. I guess they they might have been tired after that. I think we're going to have our very own SOS in the bronze tier. And for those of you at home, I affectionately like to call SOS Circle of Suck. So it's going to go something like this. If Sea Kingpin beats SoCal Swablu Blue, but Pogo Raiders... Oh wait, no. I'm screwing it up. <laughs> take, take your time. SoCal take your time. Blue, I know. Okay, so Pogo Raiders beat SoCal Swablu Blue, and if they beat Sea Kingpin, they're gonna beat. Nope, that still doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> what? One more? One more down? One more? Okay. Okay. So Pogo Raiders beat Sea Kingpin and SoCal Swablu Blue. If SoCal Swablu Blue beats Sea Kingpin, and they beat a fourth, and then Sea Kingpin beats a fourth team who beat. Pogo Raiders, who then beat SoCal Swablu Blue, that will complete the circle of suck. I'm, because everybody has beaten everybody. I'm, I'm gonna believe you on this one. <laughs> I will draw it out on paper, because I don't do so well drawing it in the air. Yeah, yeah. And we also, can, I do want to point out... We can, we, can, uh, we can include show note edits if we need to. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Enter the Dragonair's Den After Dark with your host Taco and Jet. <laughs> Attached, you will find a paper <laughs> with a circle drawn on it. <laughs> Actually, I do need to point this out. 
If Beaming and Screaming had beaten Battle Club Orlando, it would be a three-way tie for first place. Man. So let, we'll do with that information what we will. Yeah. I, I like it's it's one of those things where they're like I know just stuff happens and that's sort of also what makes it interesting but to not play an entire line is is just very it hurts it's yeah it's 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 gonna possibly hurt them but at the same time they did at least get a point out of it still they technically are above the thunderdome however if they were tied they would be in fourth place instead of third with the thunderdome so ties can hurt but they can also help and in this case it's kind of doing both with them however beaming and screaming is fighting sea kingpin this week and i am all for it yeah that's, that's gonna, gonna ignore... that's gonna that's gonna be a fun one to check back in on i was gonna say i'm gonna ignore beaming and screaming for a second to highlight sea kingpin I know I'm going off the rails. Oh, I just, I just, I just thought it was time to hop into that matchup. Yeah, I was, I was gonna hop in, but we we're gonna go over the open Great League slot in oh. NM PVP versus C Kingpin, and they ran a Magby, and they got two wins. <laughs> it can't be because of that Magby. I, <laughs> I am, I am drawn to the fact that they had the three bulkiest Pokemon in the tier, though, with the Lickitung, Toxapex, Mandibuzz to, uh, to and back then it up. You have Mag. Yeah. And then there's just Magby chilling. There's there's sometimes where there's very obviously a pre-evolution that should have been the evolved one, but this one does does Magby actually get any moves that make it preferable? I'm looking at I just looked it up on PV Poke. So its fast moves are Karate Chop and Ember. Okay. And then its charge moves are Fire Punch, Brick Break, and Flame Burst. And then if you have an Elite TM, you get access to Flame. Which is yeah historically bad. Yeah. Yeah, 55 energy, but it does 108 damage. However, it is, I mean, you really only need Fire Punch and Brick Break for the coverage spam and bam bait. However, it's, it maxes out, a perfect one maxes out at level 50. Ooh, I can max out my Magby. I have an idea, but that's please, for another day. Yeah, please no. <laughs> so in theory, you brought a level 50 Lickitung, a very bulky Toxapex, a level 50 Magby, a very an XL Sableye with return, a very bulky Magibus, <laughs> and then Golbat. The the flex is one real. of these things. One of these things is not like the other, and I think it's the Golbat. Yeah. Well, and I mean that's that's kind of the one that just has the the high utility that's still seeing some play, <laughs> like it was from last cycle, but. Not nearly as much because, you know, things like Altair and Skarmory are no longer restricted. So you're free to pick up the, the other flyers or like the, the Noctowl still. And I think I was going to put like with the Magby, I think you might want to run Flamethrower, or not Flamethrower, Ember in this one to hurt Skarmory and Alolan Ninetales a little more. Yeah, because otherwise that's the, the big block to the Toxapex especially. Actually, I lied. If you run Karate Chop, you can beat Alolan Ninetales and Skarmory pretty well. Hmm. We're learning Accor things today. According to The Sims, that's what it says. But yeah, and I know that we were supposed to talk about beaming and screaming, but these po these guys in Sea Kingpin and NM PvP just blow my mind sometimes. Well, and we had to hop in for who was it that actually ran Sea King? Uh, sea Kingpin brought the mag. I think it was, but wasn't it about six that someone actually brought a Sea King? Uh, I think it was about. Five, oh, so it's still the same one. I was just looking at yeah, the wrong slot. Timeless. Yeah. I don't know how to say this one. Lay Layton? It's L-8-O-N-S. So I'm going to say Layton. They brought a, it looks like they brought a triple legacy C because that poison jab is going to hurt Shiftry, Obama Snow, and possibly the Samurai. And then with the drill run, you can really hurt the Ninetales. Yeah, there's, there's some very interesting 
mirrors happening in this in this particular matchup where both have whiz cash there's the seeking on one side as a poison jabber skuntank on the other they're even like matched up like across from each other just <laughs> as it so happens the nine tails are directly across from each other the the bomba snows are sort of and then they're just the water type starters with the swampert and the samurai across from each other and then literally the only like an archetypal difference is that galvin to the shiftry yeah dang this was a pretty even evenly matched team yeah you had to you had to make some some great rotation calls here i i do think the seeking had so much play (laughs) depending on what fast move it had but yeah it definitely had a lot of play well and and then this was the one go on oh i was i was just gonna say i don't think there's a reason not to run it as a poison jab here Right. What I was going to point out was the the Malamar in Despicables, or on Despicables team, excuse me, to kind of round it out. Because I see it had the, they ran the Feeny, Malamar, Drudagon, and then Cradley, Frostlass, Munchlack, which I thought was also pretty interesting. They just they just ran into that darn Tadene. <laughs> Look, that fairy mouse is not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> he's, he's squishy, but that, that typing is hard to get around sometimes. I mean, they they still had the Cordelia Frostlass to kind of corral it, but when that whole front half of your team really doesn't want to see it, especially Dredagon Malamar can't hit it for neutral. (laughs) He just stares at you like, does this look like the face of mercy? I think not. He's about to enact justice on you. It woke up and chose violence. Yeah. Unfortunately, their violence won out in that primeval slot. I'm I'm just I'm just saying that's the kind of situation that really gets you to to hyper focus then on the the back half of your team that specifically to kind of lock yourself into a Cradilly Frostlass Munchlax and that's the kind of thing then that opens up the other side to bring their Sudowoodo. Right. And then I'm also I'm kind of taking a quick peek at uh Disputing and Screaming's teams, just kind of seeing if there's anything interesting over the last two bouts. But I'm, it's a pretty meta line, sadly. So I don't think we really have to go over them. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. Danny so Dash had a had a Haxorus. Yeah, I think a lot. I think a lot of people are just like Haxorus is just there as a counter user now, and then it fishes for the Ooh, Night Slash. The, and, uh, okay, well, if if we need to throw out a, a spice contender for Disputing and Screaming, Superior and Timeless <laughs> as their starter pick is. Is that down? Is that still in bout five? That's about six. Okay, I find it. I see it. And they took the win. Take, that superior must have put work in. T- take a nice little two-one. Yeah, that, that superior must have put work in with the frenzy plant and aerial ace combination. I, I will say it is a lot of fun running that leaf tornado though. Oh, is it? Yeah, because because it's. I mean, it's it's the grass equivalent of the octazuka where. You have a 50% chance to get that double attack diva. All you got to do is give up all of your type coverage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to give that up. But it, it really it really puts Superior's bulk on display when you get that debuff, because then it just is very difficult to get rid of. <laughs> but I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure that it was a safe bring, like, no matter what, just because, like, aside from... The two water types, like it, it was just gonna have a rough time. I'm, I'm, I'm more thinking that... the mag cargo is looking 
like the difference maker here. You think so? Yeah, just because like the where the superior is being kind of held down by the middle four picks, the the Venusaur, Ninetales, Beedrill, Obama Snow. That's all food mm-hmm. for Mag Cargo. Yeah, that's right. And then Superior can handle the Lantern and Whiskash that can give Macargo some trouble. Yeah, and I mean you can even switch that up, and because they have the double grasp with Obama Snow themselves. So I don't I don't know how much Superior actually did here, but it's still cool that they had it in their lineup at all yeah that's a fair that's fair and then oh wait i sank right this if you look at celestial there's a mill tank in the ultra why i don't know there's the and there's there's the the gudra in the ultra but that's on uh bust of mime <laughs> yeah but like i said gudra is more of a staple in the the uh, in the ultra league slot i'm doing a quick look so at uh, about five taking a quick peek. oh my god the <laughs> the socal swablu blue uh, the second primeval slot, they brought a Bonsly and a Tyrant. What is with all these baby Pokemon? <laughs> hey, it worked out. That was a that was three zero. I don't want to know why. I don't want to know how. I'm just gonna be stunned in disbelief. I mean, it's it's Bonsly and Sudowoodo and Tyrant. <laughs> <laughs> Triple Rock. Jeez, Louise against a counter use two counter users and Celio, which. You know, if it ran Water Pulse, it ran Water Pulse. I, I mean, I, I am a little sad that Water Gun Celio just doesn't have as as much mileage here as it did back in the original Sorceress days. But, I mean, this, this matchup might have been the exception <laughs> looking at this team. <laughs> I was about to say, Jet, stop trying to make Water Gun Celio work outside the one time it actually did work. But, yeah, I was, then I was going to say this time might have been a good exception for that role. Keep it in mind, it's a thing. <laughs> you sound like me when I tried to make Dunsparce work in first Sorceress before I got rollout. Or Flygon, just anytime. Okay, look, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> Flygon is the greatest Pokemon of all time, and I will take that, and I will fight you for that honor. <laughs> we're we're going to take that to the commercial break? <laughs> we are definitely going to take that to the commercial break. Is it is it that time? Are we, are we ready for commercial? I was, I was actually going to say, you know what, guys? I don't know if... I might need it if uh, Jet might be missing after the commercial break, but if anyone asks, it was Claire over in Blackthorn City. <laughs> that that lady's really stingy with her badges. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yes, with that in mind, please enjoy these commercial messages as we go to a quick break. Music for this podcast episode has been brought to you by the amazingly talented video game arranger, The Zame. You can find him on Twitter at Zameit or his YouTube channel. Link will be in the description below. Enter the Dragonair's Den has been made possible by Anchor. Anchor is an all-in-one platform that allows you to create, edit, and distribute your podcast easily and seamlessly. You are able to distribute to Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. If you would like to give this podcasting stuff a try, Anchor is one of the fastest and easiest ways to start it up. They even have a built-in app that allows you to create podcasts on the go. For more information, visit anchor.fm. I can't wait to give your new podcast a listen. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed those commercials because I think they were really good. They might have even been new and startling. Yeah, actually. 
<laughs> I have no idea. How to come up on that one. You really keep me on my toes on that one. <laughs> if you have an idea of a commercial you want us to do, and like, or a script that you want us to like voice out, or if you want to do it, by all means, hit me up in my DMs. My Twitter handle is at underscore eight. Huh. You can message me if you think, or not if you think. If you have a great idea, and if you want me or Jet to voice act it, or like, if you have you a favorite Johto character that you feel is being underrepresented. Hey man, I don't know about you. My Professor Elm impression was fire. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> I was so unprepared when I heard that the first time. <laughs> Well, I didn't, because I, I was like, I don't want to keep it the same boring one, so I'm just going to throw it in there and see what happens. Well, and, and it, it, it got... <laughs> I was, I was just, just going to say, like, it was... <laughs> it's like, I, I expected something just kind of hokey and fun, and it was like, this is good. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm <laughs> laughing because I'm amazed. That was a very, that was a very off-the-cuff one. I don't think I'll ever do one as good as Professor Elm. I mean, I, I think I think when there's a resource like when someone else nails kind of a fan interpretation that well, and you have an opportunity to go listen to it and and kind of get into that space where it's not just you and the text of the character, I, I think it goes a long way in helping you. <laughs> That's true. So, like we said, if there's something you would like to, if you would like to give us a representation for a johto character that you really enjoy whether it be youngster joey and his top percentage rattata or the bug catcher that wins every single bug catching contest because they somehow magically get a scyther in the closing seconds no i'm not salty why do you ask let us know and you know if we if you do send it to it and we end up using it you will definitely get a shout out for sure so we're, <laughs> so we're gonna go ahead and plug our socials real quick i will take this time to let everyone know we still have a patreon even though I don't really talk about it much. I gotta remember that password. So if you've donated <laughs> and I haven't shouted you out yet, this is the reason why. <laughs> you, you need you need email notifications at least. I really do. But see I actually we'll get into that later. <laughs> I set up I set up the email Good. and then promptly forgot the password. Oh great. Oh, and this is not even we're not even in the salsa bar yet, but we can use that. I However, mean this, we also do have a This whole section is, is pretty <laughs> <laughs> pretty spicy <laughs> this is how ta this is what taco has been doing since his recovery his wedding and being back in johto from his from his supposed non-head injury crash hey i was wearing my helmet okay all right but always wear your helmet <laughs> yes yes do that especially since you know <laughs> especially especially with the current evidence like people don't watch for you so if you actually care about staying alive you should wear that helmet and it doesn't hurt to have a steel bike because those things can take a beating more than an aluminum bike learn that the hard way and misty learned that the hard way too <laughs> <laughs> okay, but just to let everyone know, we still have a Discord. I did not forget the password to that one. The server, the invite link will be posted in the Discord below. And when you join, I stupidly forgot to put the bot to give you the uh, episode notifications. So if you just like tag me or like poke me and say, hey, I joined and I will manually give you the role until I reconfigure that bot because... Of course I did. Do they and do they at it, least auto post somewhere? Yeah, it lets you know when you joined. Okay. It it pings me. So when you join and like when I just check to see if you have the accepted role for when you agree to the rules and then I'll just manually give it to you. No, I, I just mean like do the links for the episodes show up in the Discord somewhere? Oh, yes they do. 
I did it one time and then promptly forgot to do it. <laughs> one more, one more job for the bot to catch up on. <laughs> I'll learn how to do the, I'll learn how to do the the bot stuff one day. However, but yeah, so go ahead and join if you can. We have some nice little hangouts. You can message, or it's the fastest way. It's one of the fastest ways to talk to myself or Jet. If you, t- if you ping us, we'll definitely get back and answer your question as quickly as possible. It's also the only way you can contact Jet because he does not have a Twitter. I, I don't, ex- I, I don't exist on the Twitter. <laughs> yeah, as I mentioned before. Uh, my Twitter is at tacodog underscore eight. Feel free to tag me, ask any questions you might have. I'll try my best to answer, but I don't check Twitter 24-7. I will let you know that right now. This is probably the healthy way to treat the Twitter. <laughs> I check it once a day, and that's it, honestly. But That's enough internet for one day. <laughs> <laughs> I check it for four, I check it to to watch Formula One when I inevitably sleep in watching for the Grand Prix. Is that That's is that just is that just for. like recap the last couple laps? See how it see how it turned out. No, like they do they give us like every whenever something happens, like if there's like a caution flag or if somebody does a super cool overtake, it'll just like send a tweet out from it. But it's like it's a pretty neat thing. And then they like go crazy when there's like two or three laps left, like. Oh, Lando Norris has passed Lewis Hamilton, and now it's he's in P3. And then like they'll show the closing ceremony, and then it shows the point standing. And then I forget about it for until the football games come on. So that's my Twitter. That's my my use of Twitter. And then uh, we're also now at the community engagement part. So last month, and I remember posting this because we had <laughs> we had the Master League. We had the Master League was just coming out the first time, and then Master League Premiere, and it was our, our one our day. one week of Premiere Classic. Yeah, I miss Premiere Classic honestly. It was a lot of fun. So we asked you the question: What is your new favorite Pokemon to use in Master League? So our first response was from E Sanchez zero four one one. He says, "My level forty Shadow Reptar. It it its bite and crunch slash." forget the second move combo is awesome to use <laughs> just i'm gonna say from con from like context clues i'm gonna guess he means tyranitar yeah and probably stone edge will you ever get to a stone edge if you have a shadow tyranitar because it's so glassy i mean you have a you have a better shot of reaching the stone edge than a fire blast but i've i've seen both happen i have seen home slice henry post a video on his shadow level 50 tyranitar so Anything can really happen. Yeah, if if you got those shadow hundos, like it's it's nice to have a place to use them. And then there's me that just refuses to power them up because it's so expensive. Yeah, that extra, <laughs> that that bonus I, dust. Uh, you see, I don't want. I just got back over a million, and so I now think I only have five thousand dust. So I'm trying to build myself back up my reserves. So there. So you're so, so you're just you're next, just using anything that's over the million. Yeah. The next comment was from mc mario and this an avid also, looks like a review an avid yeah he's commented on every single all the way back from episode one so i think we can call him a long time commenter and so he says he may even be a fan league is trash cost is trash on go battle day two question mark exclamation point uh disgruntled all garbage <laughs> and then he and then he leaves and then he leaves a comment or a review of our podcast that says Pod fire though, flame emoji. <laughs> Those two things right well, next our, to each other are pretty great. 
talk about a roller coaster just calling the entire master league trash and then says podcast good <laughs> yeah well i'm glad it wasn't the reverse like that would hurt my feelings yeah that's fair <laughs> I, I, so, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say I wouldn't have, I wouldn't want anyone to say that about something I made but yeah Ma- Master League is is definitely polarizing it, it is and the I would say the unfortunate thing is you know the only thing that I'll that I have to say about Master League is it's just it's very costly if you're gonna spend a million or pretty much 500,000 Stardust on powering up a Great League Pokemon to level 50, you're not going to be able to do that in the Master League. And that's fine. I will say, though, that each each league has like their own merits, and I think it's a lot of fun that you can use pretty much any type of Pokemon in each league. So that's just going to be my two cents on that. So I think MC Mario might be a Great League fanatic. <laughs> there's ultra league there's there's a safe assumption happening there can't go to i can't put my tinfoil hats on when people are commenting because they'd be like you misinterpreted my comment i mean and i'm like there's there's a, there's a reason why this is the only time in the last many many seasons that there was not a master league alternative like They've, they've been pretty good about at least having, if not a Great League, then a Little Cup option during Master League, which is fine because they also incentivize with the triple or quadruple dust, like if there's a Go Battle Day. But like this this time it was just Master League. And that 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 does that does bring out the know, emotions again. <laughs> and you know the thing is, I don't like playing in the little cups. Like I'll be the first one to say it. I just I'll use whatever Pokemon is close to 500. I won't put a second move on, and I will go. And that and I'll, that's that's it for me. There's... If I win, I great. If I lose, all right. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I know there's a lot of people that really don't like to plan around the Little Cups especially, but I've I've used a few of them as excuses to start to build some Ultra League stuff. Like I had a rank one uh, Frillish for for eventually being an Ultra League Jellicent that I could put in the, the little, I think that was when it was just Element Cup, and it ended up working pretty well just because it had good neutral damage even if it didn't have a great matchup all the time and that felt better to me than making something just for a little cup (laughs) where i mean sure i need to then make a new team if it comes back around again and kind of reinvent the wheel to some level because obviously i'm not going to do another frillish because that was for the the ultra league one and i don't need two of those (laughs) so well see i was also going to say that the the in the little cup as long as you have like bronzor bronzor you're good (laughs) stop it bronzor (laughs) yeah and i mean there there have been some good moveset additions in that range as well like bronzor has a dark move now so it's it's not just hell (laughs) like hitting each other with with confusion or tackle which and that was that was that was pre-buff tackle was actually better than confusion because confusion was double resistive right and so like that's why like to me, I'm just kind of like, I'm kind of over the little cup, but I know some people enjoy that, so I'm not going to tell you you shouldn't enjoy that. If that's your cup of tea, that's your cup of tea. I do, yeah, I do I do have, just to then flip the coin, I do have one friend who most of the battles that she does in GPL are little cup battles just because they're 
faster and they're generally a much more condensed meta so it doesn't hurt her brain as much to learn all of the matchups where it's, it's pretty much she knows when she wins and when she loses pretty quickly and so it's it's less of a uphill battle just as far as the information war goes and i i, I definitely respect that where it's just like i understand when you just want to use like a fast move beat down turn off my brain team because <laughs> that's that's exactly the format for it is like there's there's just low hp values so all the moves do a lot more percentage wise that is that's a fair point too so Oh, ducklet! I have a ducklet that knows Brave Bird. Yeah, the, and, I and, use that somewhere. And I mean, that's that's kind of fun too to just use some Pokemon that otherwise really don't have a home. That is probably the most depressing way of putting it, but I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> it's like, oh man, I I really like my favorite Pokemon is is Raikou, and it's just like it it doesn't it doesn't quite do well anywhere. I was gonna say congratulations, you have the best PVE. You had you had the best PVE electric attacker in the game. Yeah. And then Zekrom goes, allow me to introduce myself. And I mean, I, like, I did use it in Season 1 Sylph. Like, I forget which cup that was. But obviously, that was that was more just because it's my favorite, not because it was the best option. Raikou's my favorite of the legendaries from Gen 2 as well. You can stay on the podcast one more episode. <laughs> <laughs> you, I can, I can stay because it's just... Typing is utterly subservient to the Flygon. Well, I was going to say because Raikou is my favorite too, and I like to use it when I can. But we can use your Flygon one too. Do we, do we have a new question for the players? Yes. But before that question, I was going to say we did have another answer on our old episode because Ultra League was coming around at the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we take we take those, those, I will those, those old question those answers. Yeah. So Christopher Joshua says... In the question when we asked him, what is your go-to Ultra League team? He answered, Rockin', Gyarados, Verizion, and Alolan Muck lately. Yeah, there was there was a lot of hype around those, the sword updates especially. It is very, yeah, because freaking Double Kick just became a, a monster. And now it's everywhere. Like, so- suddenly, you're viable. Yeah, I remember everyone was making fun of the Swords of Justice, and now it's like, <laughs> be careful who you call ugly in middle school, kids. And and again, that's, that's exactly the direction that I feel a good update takes, is it takes stuff that is otherwise sidelined, but could be great with just a little tweak, and puts it right up there with a lot of other competitive options without actually breaking, breaking the game the yeah exactly <laughs> it's like these are just Verizion, new contenders i was gonna say Verizion can handle jellicent pretty well if it shields the ice beam correctly because it can use leaf blade and then cobalion kind of handles the registeel with just going sacred sword and i want to say it even but, has kind of a diverse options as far as the coverage moves right like i, I remember a lot of them were running like stone edge just to be able to hit flyers but i know cobalion can use stone edge i think close combat was was the other one that was valued pretty highly just as like a true nuke or iron head for being able to hit fairies and say let me take a quick look uh cobalion sacred sword stone edge but it can also do use iron head and close combat and then verizian no can do leaf blade sacred sword close combat and stone edge as well and then if i want to do terrakion which it's still very sad Sacred Sword, Rock Slide, Close Combat, Earthquake. 
I mean, it's 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 only sad in PvP. It became the number one fighting it dps for pve yeah that's true of course you know when i look at pokemon i'm like how viable is this in pvp and if it's not i'll use pve second i'm not that much of a raid person okay don't yell at me too much in the comments <laughs> i mean it's it's a little entertaining from my perspective because technically i, I met you as as a raid leader i thought we met uh when you just completely mopped the floor during our rainbow cup tournament well i mean there was there was that tournament but as far as your kind of main role in the community was oh hurting <laughs> hurting the cats during raid hour <laughs> um believe it or not i just kind of became the the one of the the raid teams because i would offer to drive around the raid train conductors before we kind of expanded and I said, yeah, I'll drive y'all. It doesn't matter to me. And so I would block off a whole day and drive them. And they said, hey, you want to be a raid mod? I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Here I am later, four years later. <laughs> you, you paid in fossil fuel for the raid. <laughs> and now they, whenever someone asks, Taco, can you drive us? I say, if you have the car, I have the driving skills. If not, everybody pile in the basket. <laughs> here, here comes Two Wheel Taco 2.0. <laughs> it's gonna happen. We're gonna have an all bike raid train. I don't know how successful it's gonna be, but it's gonna happen. Just, just, but just, anyway, just not winter. I don't, I don't have enough money for a fat tire bike. But anyway, it is time for our community question for this week. So, in celebration for season five, self. We're going to have you guys put your creative hats on. What new cups or custom metas would you like the Sylph Arena to possibly try out? It can be anything as absurd as an all smeargle, all smeargle cup or something as intricate as Bastiodon and Frostlass are not allowed and just go from there. <laughs> they, they did a lot of... <clears throat> They, they did a lot of no Bastiodon last season, so I wonder, and no fairy for that matter, where they, <laughs> it felt like they really wanted to take that element out of it. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that continues to some degree, but I, I did get a cool Smeargle recently just uh, with a snapshot off of the Giratina. Does it know Shadow Force? No, so that's not in its move pool, so the charge move oh. is a random roll. <laughs> Oh, really? So that Smeargle has Shadow Claw and Psy Strike. That is deadly. Which, I mean, like, the stats aren't great or anything. I was just like, this is a cool moveset. I love that. Where, yeah, I, I do wish, like, Smeargle had a little bit more room to do anything. But especially when you can get such interesting combinations. Like, I think I had another one that got V-Create on it. Okay. Yeah. Did Did you have I'm a... i try that. <laughs> did, did you have a maybe... A balance meta in mind that allows for for flygon to see some more action let's i'm gonna say ground electric and water you have to make a team with three of those pokemon with those three types and the other three have to comp so something a little bit more like half of them have a little bit more rigid slot and then fill in the rest yeah so like if you used flygon like if you used Flygon for your ground type, its second typing had to be the primary type for the Pokemon that complemented Flygon. And then if you chose Lantern with Electric, Water Electric, the Electric type had to be had to comp had, had to come from Lantern's typing. And then if you chose like a Monotype, well you're screwed because Monotypes are not allowed. So continuing continuing that vein from some of theirs from this past season of 
Only combo types. Yeah, that. And then to just make it more, to make it throw more chaos in, it's going to be fought in the Ultra League. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Our very, our very first, and, our very first Ultra League Cup. Yeah, and I think that's enough chaos I'm gonna put in for the day. <laughs> I mean, I mean and that's then, that's a that that is an interesting option that hadn't actually even occurred to me that they could explore, especially as maybe more of the community is moving towards doing the play Pokemon events and a little less self overall, like as. The world opens up again a little more each month. Yeah, I think that at the end of the day, eventually, with everyone moving to play Pokemon, self is gonna remain is gonna kind of be a very niche style, where like you get to try different Pokemon out, uh, versus like play Pokemon's show six, pick three, whatever you want. Oh, but by the way, you gotta use these twelve Pokemon to be competitive. Good luck, type of thing. Yeah, especially since that seems to be their position so far is is just that open open Great League is is how they're going to run it um, until maybe they introduce something like seasons in the main games where there are then actual restrictions. But we'll see what we'll see what they do. I, I think I think we've proven as a community that we're going to show up for these events and. I think that emboldens them to invest more and, and make it more interesting for us as well. You're right. I really want to go to one of these things. Eventually, I will go to one now that my wedding is done. And <laughs> now that you have your brain back. Paid for, I don't have to worry about a wedding, so I can spend all my time just focusing on Pokemon. <laughs> there's there's not Sorry, a storm on the horizon? No, Mrs. Taco's going to take a backseat for a little bit. <laughs> to Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, I just pre I just ended up paying off my pre-order, so all I gotta do is call me. I'm gonna show up at midnight for the for the release, get my two pack, get my special Pokemon, and then go home. You 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 order the physical copies rather than doing digital? Yeah, I, I like the physical because, like for me, I'm a little old school in the fact that, like I like to go and like socialize with people, and of course if they bring their Switch, you can like exchange friend codes and like if they play pokemon go or if they uh, are looking for like some in-game players to like meet up with i can like network with them so that's what i really use it for is like a networking tool i mean that that's exactly the kind of feedback that makes you a good community leader always always looking out for for potential new members and then of course if they're if like some of them go out and they wear like their their pokemon go team logos and of course i will banter them and when they say well you picked instinct so what do you know i say you know what my mom said always respect other people's opinions even the incredibly dumb ones so it's okay we all make mistakes in life and they, they have this fancy medallion where you can change your team step one is admitting you, you chose the wrong team we have and they go well i don't want to be on team instinct and i go okay more glue for me yeah and as as a as an instinct convert myself there is definitely always something to do as an instinct player yeah at least at least in my area <laughs> there's there's always gyms to to battle and you never you never locked out because it's it's all yellow yeah here in the park that i I'm at we kind of take turns to hold in the park we'll, we'll each hold it for about eight hours and then the next team will come and flip it and then the next team will come in but if we see somebody that isn't abiding by our like peace treaty i'll go and kick them out and then drop them in and send a message like hey i dropped in this gym to kick out somebody that kicked you out feel free to kick me out i already got my coins for the day and they'll be like yeah cool and then they'll do that it's just it's just so civil 
you know there's 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 a way to be about it you know you can show up be a butt and then try to take all the gyms or you can just be like look there's three teams here there's 24 hours in a day let's divide it up from this time to this time let me in it kick me out i'll have my coins and we go and then plus like there's like six there's like six gyms in the, around the area so like if I if I drop into all six of those gyms, I don't even need it for the whole eight hours. I only need it for like four, and then I'll get my fifty coins. And I'm like, y'all can have it for the rest. I don't care. Just leave me in one for at least eight hours. That's all I ask. Yeah, those 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 coins matter. And especially when you're a free to play player like myself, because Niantic Niantic's boxes are utter doo doo. So they're not getting money from me. Yeah, they're so bad still. <laughs> but anyway. We have to go into the taco bar, or the salsa bar, excuse me. Yeah, we're, we're down to our last two bullet points. Let's get it. I know. <laughs> All right. So this is not so much as a Pokemon Go goof. This is a main series game goof. Now, according to the rules of the taco bar, it's just taco screwed up doing at least one of these things, but it can be anything Pokemon related. And, and I don't make the rules. I just <laughs> Hopefully taco learned from his mistakes. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't make the rules of my own segment. I just go along with whatever pops into our heads. What do you got? So what, do you, what, do you, what do you got this week? What do you got for us? So this week, I was playing Pokemon Sword and Shield. And it told me to go catch a Blissey. As you do. So I got the Blissey down to 1 HP and I paralyzed it. Mm-hmm. And I was throwing Ultra Balls. Mm-hmm. Trying to, and that gave me the best cat, that gave me like the best catch rate. Well, I fat fingered and and selected right and just pressed A without looking. I threw my only master ball of the game out of Blissey, and then I saved over it because I didn't recognize it. I didn't recognize what I had done until I was looking in the Blissey and I saw it had the little purple star or the little purple ball next to it. And I looked in my bag because there was like there was no way I'm that stupid. Apparently, there is a way I was that stupid. <laughs> I used my only master ball on a Blissey. I mean, apparently you were tired of throwing balls at it. Did 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 you? Yeah, but did you really need your master ball anymore? Well, actually, I kind of did because Uh-oh. I did a max. I did a max raid, Uh-oh. and it was a Charizard, Uh-oh. and it was freaking shiny. Uh-oh. And according to the Pokemon Sword and Shield max raid data, if you host the raid, you have a 100% catch rate. If you're inviting to the raid, you have normal catch rate. So. So Taco, what's what's normal catch rate on a Charizard? Six percent with a Dusk Ball. I I don't like those odds, Taco. Yeah, no. Don't get don't get me started on the the shiny Metagross that I had to run away from me either. That's that's legitimately the lowest catch rate, right? Yeah, it's three <laughs> percent. It's the lowest catch rate for a non-legendary Pokemon. You know how sad that is. Yeah, especially especially you know like I mean, I guess the perspective point for people who aren't familiar is you you get one ball. You get one ball after you complete the raid. Yeah, gi- and... given you win, <laughs> which is not always a given. I'm sorry, my my numbers were wrong. The catch rate for a Metagross is 1.6 percent. Even better. <laughs> well, how how's, so despite... how's your how how's your shiny stash after? after that hurts a little bit <laughs> um but with i was gonna say with a dust ball it goes up to eight percent catch rate because i think a dust ball is uh five times in at when you do in the in the in the a cave the raid cave 
That's the word I was like. Yeah, in any case. <laughs> in that in that subterranean space of wonder. Oh, I lied. It's a three it's a three times catch rate. So we'll do one point six times three quick maths. A four point eight percent catch rate. Just just coming up on that base legendary catch rate. Mm-hmm. And boy is is that painful to to watch. But you know, it's okay. I'm not gonna cry. I already cried at that when I did that. I'm just gonna continue to play the lottery until until I get it. Until until Voltor flip? Not that one. <laughs> Speaking of crying, how's GBL going? <laughs> so I failed miserably. So because of my accident, I did not I did not do any GBL from October the third to yesterday. <laughs> what what did you what did you play yesterday? Halloween Cup. Very nice. Because yeah, that's the fun one. So unfortunately my challenge is shot in the water, but I'm gonna continue to try you've, you've still got a month to get a, i know to complete as much of the, the special research as i can and i mean i'm not even ring 20 <laughs> the, the bottom line for getting the special research done is just playing so get it getting into the swing of just a team that you like even if it's not the the winningest team that usually gets better as you get more familiar with the team but just just uh just making time to play Gets a lot of wins in the bank. You know, I was having some luck in the Halloween Cup with a Golbat lead with a Needle Queen safe swap and a Frostlast closer because that's what PvP Poke said it was really good. And I said, oh, I have these already built. Might as well try them out. It is it is nice when you don't have to build something new for a theme cup. And to me, those have always been the best places to climb just because they are the most like a self-environment where there's kind of some I don't, I don't i don't know how to say it exactly but like there's some method to the madness whereas like open great league these days just like it feels like anything can work if you, if you support it well enough where something like the the halloween cup is or the the winter version whatever that is holiday the holiday cup have they've they've traditionally been fun because they are more centralized but still balanced i mean you'll you'll still get you'll still get dgen teams but (laughs) yeah we love those dgen teams here are you are you maybe gonna try any of the the fast move shadow types i don't know yet maybe a sharpedo in your future i don't have a sharpedo built yet (laughs) there's always room for sharpedo now that's a degenerate team if i've ever seen one i mean we can we can come back around to that shadow tyranitar here because i've seen a fair few of those and they do they do good damage well i know that well i know that the person that commented loves his degenerate teams so we'll give him that but how's your gbl progress going so i'm i'm right back up under expert right now um i've been running the the shadow mawile for halloween cup and it's it's been a lot of fun i like it with dragalgi and uh i think i started out running galvin dragalgi and that was that was also fun but switched over with all of the the bug steals that are out just because now with especially at the beginning of the cup there was kind of this lag time between when someone would see a mawile and deciding whether or not they would actually switch out because you know a lot of them are running fairy when now you can get those charge moves off faster so as a bug steal, you don't really have to worry if they're running the, the fairy wind, but they have the fire fang. <laughs> You're down twenty percent instantly, so it's 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 a little <laughs> bit of, of a guessing game for them, and I, I like that element of it of just like, okay, I know this is good for me, but they don't know yet. <laughs> and any excuse to use the 
the Shadow Maw Wild that I built at the beginning of the season. If you you remember back to me testing it with Fairy Wind, like I did, I getting getting more mileage out of it is is always good because that was that was literally all of the bonus dust that I got from the end of season went straight into that thing, and it's it's it's, it's done yeah, it's I, done I it's that. done pretty well so far. I'm glad, but still still uh, no legendary encounters. So I have a feeling that that just doesn't exist. I I mean I've. I've seen a few, like, either on streams or, like, I've had uh, friends tell me about getting single legendary encounters where it's just like, oh, yeah, I got I got one Xerneas or Eveltal, and that's it. <laughs> or, like, back during um, the paper mache guy or Origami Man. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we, we've had... Okay, here. We've had a weird kind of combination of, of bosses. Yeah, I hear origami and I was like, ah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, you know the one that, that burns instantly. Yeah, the one that only has to get to level 30 to become the best grass-type attacker in the game. Even if it doesn't use its grass-fast move. Golly. Well, I think that about covers everything we wanted to talk about. And then some. For this week. Yeah. <laughs> and we managed to keep it just under three hours. I mean... Do we do we have an hour to take out of this? <laughs> I I might. I'll see what I can do in editing. <laughs> I'll see what I can take out in editing. But yeah, that's that's an episode. And thank you guys for the your incredible patience for yeah for the incredible patience. I know that life had kind of thrown a couple of curveballs my way, and you know I wanted to make sure that we gave you all the best content possible, filled with all the memes and the salsa and Jet being. Professor Jet and teaching a lowly taco how to get better at PvP. It's it starts with unlearning things that we think are true that are not true. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing you will never convince me of is Flygon is not a good Pokemon. The goodest boy. He is. He just he's got his goggles and they're so cute. But uh but yeah, so I'm really glad that you guys were able to stick around with us this long. And until next time, keep your dragon fangs sharp. Watch out for psych- pedestrians and cyclists, <laughs> and we will see you all next week. Thanks for giving us some uh, great battles to catch up on.